Welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. For this episode of Be Better Betters, I'm going to talk about a video that I posted of me getting kicked out of a sports book that just opened up in the town I live in, Freehold, New Jersey, uh, Parks Sportsbook at the Freehold Raceway. So I just found out from my buddy Captain Jack that this joint opened up, and uh, I decided to uh, to go and give it a shot and see, you know, if I could last a little bit. I obviously anticipate me getting kicked out. Uh, it's just part of being in the business and knowing exactly what happens. You know, anybody that would follow me on Twitter or have seen my previous videos would know of my the recent, you know, in the last two years since I've been on social media on all my previous kickouts where sports books in New Jersey have kicked me out. William Hill at Mammoth Racetrack, the guy... I think his name was David Smock. He told me that my actions no longer wanted. Um, and he pretty much agreed that because of the action was just, quote, unquote, too sharp. Golden Nugget, guy, I think he's retired now. Joe, who was the supervisor at that sports book, told me that the action was just too sharp and didn't want any more of my action. Caesars Palace, which is Harris, when I was in the Harris sports book in Atlantic City. I have a series of videos there where I was limited and cut from ten and twenty thousand dollars a game all the way down to five hundred dollars a game in the same day. I was promised my limits would never be cut. I was quote unquote a diamond card member or a VIP, but of course once they saw the action, that went out the window. Finally, DraftKings Resorts. I was promised by a nice, really nice guy named Seafolk over there, that I'd be getting 8000 a game on everything. Of course, that didn't last for more than a few hours. And um, I actually lasted in DraftKings for a few weekends. Um, where I was just going back and forth chopping, but then one weekend I wound up holding a pretty high percentage. And uh, my pal Hal over there called and told me that, uh, that it's time to end the relationship. So that's the history of the videos. Again, I've been limited and kicked out of several other places, but those are the ones I kind of posted videos about. And I'll get into my intent on posting these videos a little bit later on why I'm doing uh, doing this. Why do I show these videos? You know, what's, what's the end game here? So, but before I get into that, let me describe this incident. So I get the parks. They wind up, I guess they opened on Thursday, but I didn't know about it. Or maybe been a soft open. I think everything's a soft. They're not really advertising. It might have been a soft opening. I arrived Friday night. Um, I stay there for about two hours. My office sends me plays. So my office is analyzing because I don't see what's going on. So my office will send me plays. Now, on Friday, I tried to bet a little bit at the window. Um, just a few small plays. And there's another video I'm probably going to be posting um, to describe that interaction. Uh, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But let me just give you a little bit of a gist of it. I get there and I'm trying to bet a game. I think it was Florida State on the money line, plus 400. And, um, and I you know, I asked, I think I asked for 2,000. 
and the guy makes a phone call. You know, I got to call Mission Control. It takes about three, four minutes. And then he gets back to me, and he says, no, we only can take it for 400 I said, no problem. Right, if, you know, I, I didn't say no problem. I'm like, really? Might have gave a little bit of an underhanded, like, $400 on a college football money line. That's pretty weak. But I just said, all right, write it for 400 And I go, what's the new line? And he said, it's still plus 400 And I said, all right, okay, write it again for another 400 And then he told me he couldn't do it. So, I, you know, I put a poll up on Twitter recently on whether a bookmaker should allow a customer to be able to bet a game if they decide not to move the line. And the guy would just not give me another bet even though the line is still there. And that, to me, is just wild. It's just completely against everything that I've seen or that I've, I've, I've ever heard of when it comes to this business. If the number is there and you, you limit a certain guy or whatever his limits is or whatever the house limit is, whatever you want to do, you set a limit. If the number is there, you have at it. I kind of got into a little bit of an argument with the kid behind the counter. Seemed like a nice guy, but... You know, I don't think he was in a business too long, as most guys in New Jersey, most people in, in the state, you know, it's pretty, it's in its infancy stages, or in Pennsylvania. And he described, nah, that's it, that's the limit, no matter what. So I, I told him, what do you mean it's the limit? You know, the limit, that's per bet, you know, per instance. It, it's not logical for, for, you know, me being unable to bet the game again. You know, and I told him, you know, what if I hand my $400 to this guy right next to me? You'll give him the bet. Is his money greener than mine? And I, and I, I think it's just, it just it doesn't make sense. Guys instead are, are writing customers instead of writing bets. Now, don't get me wrong. As a bookmaker, I'm not a bookmaker, but as a bookmaker, you have to profile your customers correctly. And you know, Of course, bookmakers are going to give customers certain higher limits than others. You know, if they feel as if their action is, you know, is, is a lot more uh, easier to beat, so to speak. Um, but, you know, the best bookmakers in the world um, have house limits, and they're going to honor those limits no matter who walks through the door. And the best bookmakers in the world are going to allow, once you bet a game for a limit, after a certain time, 30 seconds, a minute, you know, something reasonable to be able to say, okay, have at it again. I'm happy with the way the line is. And that's just the right way to do it. It's, it's, there's, I, I can't see the argument for doing it a different way because you're writing bets. Um, whether that, you know, whether a bet came from me or somebody else, of course, you're going to move it differently if it comes from me versus somebody else. But you're going to be writing the action no matter what. It's a bet. And that's a thing. And, and the kid just couldn't get that. And I said, well, what if I came back tomorrow? or five hours from now, or three hours from now, can I bet the game again, even if it moves? He goes, no, that's it. And obviously, this is just, I don't think any sports book um, upper management or anybody in the business is going to really believe that or gonna think that's an acceptable answer, that guys can't re-bet a game um, after the line moves. That's another poll I put up. Can you bet it? What if can I bet the new line? So I just think that, you know, there's a little bit of a, and most, you know, the majority of, of guys have voted on that. Twitter poll agreed with me, and um, and I'm happy with it. But there's still there was still enough, you know, um, dissent there that, that there's uh, that you know there's guys that just 
saw it a different way. And I just don't see it that way. And, you know, I read a few of the comments, kind of didn't really, I didn't really buy into it. So, you know, I, I saw then then and there that, you know, things aren't really, uh, this the joint is not really run in the proper way. Um, and I even told the guy, I'm like, you know, listen, I can, you have nine kiosks in the place. And this is the freehold racetrack. This is the oldest racetrack in the United States of America. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, really like, I don't want to say run down, but man, you know what I mean? It's really, it's not a pretty place. Let's just be honest. Um, so they tried their best to kind of remodel it a little bit here and there, but it's just, it's so old and so, you know, but they have these nice kiosks there. And I told the kid, I'm like, I can go on these kiosks and I can just keep betting the game. I just keep betting it and betting it over. Is that what you're telling me to do? Or, you know, are you telling me to go on the kiosk? And just keep betting. Goes no. I, you know, now that you're telling me that, I'd rather you not doing that. I'd be insulted if you did something like that. I'm like, what, what you, you'd be insulted. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm trying to bet. And he goes, no. You know, that's the limit. So I think he was. He thought that you only could bet a game once, which is just not the case, um, because the kiosk obviously allows you. And there's no sign on the kiosk. There's no. I'm sorry. You only could bet a game one time, and you can never rebet it again. Uh, it just that just doesn't exist in the, in the industry. So I think the, the the kid over there was misinformed. So right after that happened, I said, "Okay, that's that. I'm just going to bet on this kiosk." Now, the kiosk is a big pain in the ass because you only could bet a thousand dollars on the kiosk. So, and that's it. You can't deposit more than a thousand dollars. If you try to cash a winning ticket worth more than a thousand dollars, the sum of the risk in the win, um, it will not accept. It. You'd have to go to the cage. So I'm like, "Boy, oh boy, this is brutal." So I'm over here now, my office now, I come back on Saturday, okay? And I come back, and they open at 11 a.m. Um, on Saturday. And games start at 12 noon on Saturday. So my office is sending me plays. Here's the best part. The best part is that the window doesn't even open on Saturday until 12 noon. And I'm like, the games are kicking off at 12 noon. How is the window going to open at 12 noon? And one of the managers tells me that the state of New Jersey doesn't allow us to open the betting window until 12 noon. I'm like, wow, okay, if that makes any sense. So obviously that's a, something I'm thinking I have to fix. So I'm on the kiosk, and my office is just sending me plays. Now I'm feeding this machine in $100 bill at a time. Once it reaches a dime, I try to place the bet. I print out the ticket. Done. Then I go. I see the line hasn't moved. No problem. I'm assuming that the joint wants will accept another dime on the game. So I put another hundred and another thousand, and this is a hundred dollars at a time. This is probably taking, you know, a good minute and a half per dime bet, maybe a minute, minute and a half per dime bet. So there's a couple of games I wind up betting for, you know, a significant amount of money, you know, for a college football game, and they just refuse to move. And I think that's the issue. I don't think anybody knows what's going on. So this games I got down for 10 dimes, 15 dimes, 19 dimes, whatever it was, I just kept pounding away. And I kept pounding. And I just had, you know, I just kept feeding the machine in nonstop. Boom, boom, boom. So around 12.30, 12.45, the guy over there, Tom, comes up to me, the, the manager, and he goes, listen, you know, they, they see, you see you're betting really high on these kiosks. You mind, sh you mind showing us some ID? I said, yeah, no problem. I don't mind showing ID. Here you go. So I hand him my ID, and uh, he takes it away, which was a mistake. 
I should have never let him just walk away with it. I should have let him just write down the information. I don't really think anybody should just walk away with your ID. But I just didn't want to argue because I had to keep betting. You know, I had a lot of bets that I needed to place. So, you know, all I cared about was just having to bet as much as possible. So I hand him my ID, comes back about five minutes later, and just hands it back to me and says, thank you. I'm like, oh, all right, no problem. So I text my office, and I'm like, wow, can you believe it? I'm still here. I'm alive. I thought I was gonna about, to, about to die right there, and they're going to kick me out. Because I think once they find out who I am, um, usually, you know, it's over. I, I know the party's over. And I, I, I you know, I, and again, like I said before, I know, given my experience in this business, you know, and I know that the provider can be, um, which is Swedish for pussy, um, I knew that they couldn't, uh, they're not going to be able to handle the action, and they're just going to say, hell with that, I don't want to deal with it no more. So, uh, you know, around 1 o'clock, about eight guys come to my kiosk, and I got a chair on this kiosk, I'm getting, I, know, I got comfortable, I wasn't going to stand up the whole time, so I'm just, I'm just betting, you know, boom, 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 and the guy, the guy has a, a thing, and they all then, and I'm just like, oh boy, here it comes. Now, I know this is going to happen. I just know it's ultimately going to happen. And I always like to capture this moment, not just to kind of show the world exactly how guys like us get treated. A lot of it's for my protection um, because, you know, listen, there's guys in this business, more so in the casino world, but guys get backroomed, guys get, get, uh, guys, you know, get physically assaulted. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, Casinos and sports books and everybody, they just don't like advantaged players. They don't like guys that, that, that they, you know, they're taking money away from them as they see it. So I'm hitting the record button, and I start recording the incident. And one guy tries to grab the phone from my pocket. I have to slap his hand away. Um, and they're trying to shut off the recording. And I'm almost positive that they were informed by their superiors that this is spanky and that he likes to record things when he gets kicked out. So make sure he doesn't get it on tape. Well, unfortunately, they didn't succeed because uh, I got the whole thing on tape. And um, and they told me, listen, your action is not warranted. And I kept asking, and I kind of overplayed. It was a little bit too dramatic in the video. But I just wanted to show, you know, and I, I wanted to play victim in front of the other patrons because I wanted to show the other patrons that I'm not doing anything wrong because there's guys over there betting horses Guys betting, you know, $50 parlays. Like, what kind of shit is this? What's happening here? What did this guy do wrong? So I'm kind of overplaying it. I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit dramatic to just show the other betters that look at this joint, how they treat people. This is what they do to win to, to customers. And it's not even winning customers. I didn't even win. The bets are, you know, again, games kicked off at 12 noon. I wind up winning a little bit the day before. I only bet for two hours the night before. And I didn't even cash those tickets. So it's like, you know, it's not about winning. They just knew that, I guess, I'm going to probably have the best of the number. And um, and they just didn't want my action. So I kind of overplayed the drama. Um, and that was all intentional. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and they just escorted me out. And I kept asking the guy what my violation was. What have I done wrong? Um, you know, what did I do? I'm wearing a mask. I'm following all the procedures, you know, you ask me for ID, I sure, no problem. I'm just sitting there like everybody else, just placing my bets. 
And he couldn't answer me except he gave me one line. You're undesirable. Um, you're an undesirable. Uh, that's what my my, my boy. And, and now these guys, Tom and the other security guy, I forgot his name. These were all nice guys. You know, they were a little bit rough around the edges, but you know, listen, they're just doing their job. So I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't hate on them, or I don't have anything, uh, you know, negative to say against them. Um, you know, I, they're just doing their job. So that's that's, you know, nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I thought the guy, the supervisor, the guy that made the call that kicked me out, was named Matt Collins or Mike Collins. I forgot what the name was, but then I found out his name was Matthew Cullen. And I asked Tom over there at Freehold to have Matthew Cullen give me a call. And, of course, Matthew Cullen wants something to do with me. But I, So I wanted to look up this guy and... He did an article, uh, he quoted bizjournals.com. It's an article uh, from November 29th, 2018, when Parks Casino opens up in PA. One of the questions they ask Matthew Cullen is, what will be the biggest challenge in your field? And his answer is, quote, differentiating ourselves from a product and customer service perspective from that of our competitors. We have a strategic plan to stand out in a crowded marketplace, and all of that starts with building a world-class team, followed by launching a differentiated consumer product and treating all of our customers as VIPs. How ironic. Well, Matthew, I was not treated very well as a VIP. You kicked me in my ass. Uh, you booted me out the door uh, for being a better. And maybe I'm not a VIP, but I'm a customer. And uh, I think I deserved better than that. And that leads me to kind of what my intention is on, you know, putting out videos like these. There's several things. The first one is, is, is I'll tell you what it's not. It's not for me to receive accolades or say, oh, look at Spanky, he's a sharp guy. Believe me, I don't need any of that. I, uh, the people within the industry and the people that I deal with already know exactly uh, what my uh, stance is or what my status is in the business. You gotta keep in mind that you know, I've been on social media just for the last two years. Um, I bet primarily offshore, mostly underground offshore, and it's just until regulated uh, bookmaking came in to the state of New Jersey is when I wind up, you know, starting to have a social media presence. But the, the thing I do not care for is accolades or being a media darling or none of that. That has not, that, that ain't me. I'm a better, I'm a gambler. I just want to earn and I want to provide for my family. Um, so that's not what the intention is of anything that, but if I could be an advocate for change, um, or a catalyst for change. And I'm going to be the advocate, um, uh, you know, for other pros because I know other pros. I'm not the only guy that gets, that gets treated this way, okay? Far from it. There are several others. Some of them are my friends. Some of them I don't know that I know are listening right now. Some of them are public personas. Some, most of them are not public personas. But we all get treated in this manner. 
especially you know in, in, in the casino world it's one thing in the sports world it's another but at the same time we're all getting treated in this way and um you know it just sucks you know i i, I was you know i go to school i went to school i went to Rutgers university i studied very hard i graduated summa cum laude i wound up getting a job at deutsche bank on wall street i did everything i can to try to learn as much as possible I became a pretty good programmer. I saw, and then I just fell into this business. I saw discrepancies. I was kind of making money on the weekends, more money than I was making at my regular job. So I decided to quit Deutsche Bank and pursue this. I kind of fell into this business. I enjoyed gambling as a hobby and I loved getting the best of it. I kind of enjoyed the aspect of solving the puzzle, beating the game. And then I just fell into this and, um, and boom, I just, this has been my career. Um, I've been betting professionally. I've been betting semi-professionally since 99, 2000, and I've been betting professionally exclusively uh, f uh, as a source of income for two th since 2003, so for over 17 years now. Um, so I know what I'm doing, and, and, and I, you know, I think, I don't want to say I'm an authoritative figure, but I've seen enough to know what's up and what's not, and I think it sucks that, you know, this is one of the few industries in the world where you're punished for being too good. And that's just how it is. And if I knew that was going to be the case, I would never have gotten as deep as I was, as I am in this business. But this is now, I'm in too deep. I'm not going to ever, you know, I, God bless me. Listen, I, I, I did very well. Um, you know, I, I did very well for myself. I continue to do well. And um, it's, this business is treating me great. So I kind of want to see the industry and I want to see the industry prosper and I want to see other up and coming betters. Um, and I want to see the industry change to get better for everybody. And, um, and you know, you see that there's a lot of guys, you know, the, the, the lure of betting sports professionally. Oh, it's so beautiful. This is great. What a life, you know, guys will study statistics and data science and build models and algorithms and, do everything the right way and try to be able to solve this puzzle, this problem. But then they think that that's all they need to do and then they'll be filthy rich and everything and live happily ever after. And people just don't understand that solving the problem, solving the puzzle, that's not even the ultimate challenge. That's nothing. That's the small morsel of it. The hardest thing in this business is to be able to get down and to be able to be treated fairly. You are punished for being too good. You won't be stifled. There is a ceiling on this business. You cannot advance more than a certain amount. It's just hard. It's hard and it sucks. And, you know, nobody, like I, I've said this before on a previous podcast, nobody grows up or, or goes to school and then aspires to one day, you know, want to say, okay, I'm going to become a professional sports better. It just doesn't happen. Most people fall into it. And the people that do aspire to that, you know, we're, that's a certain level that I, I don't think, I, you know, there might be a few of you out there. But it wasn't me. Um, I just fell into this. I thought I was going to be a Wall Street guy, and I kind of wish I stuck to it, um, where I kind of applied some of the same skills. I probably would have made a ton of more money and uh, retired and done that. But listen, I have no regrets. This is the life that, you know, that, was, that, that I chose and, and so now I can want to be an advocate. I want to try to start change, okay? 
how do I change the business? How can I do it? I'm just one voice. Spanky, you know, you're going to keep putting out these videos and nobody's going to give a shit. And you know what? You're right. Most people are not going to care. Most people are like, all right, that's great. Spanky got kicked out. Bah, 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 bah. But no, nah, you know, maybe one day, maybe somebody might see it. Maybe some type of a lawmaker, somebody that's involved in legislation, somebody might say, damn, we're allowing sports books like this to treat our citizens this way okay now i'm 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 in the minority i'm a sharp sports better i'm a winning gambler i'm sharp yes but i'm in the minority most people are not treated the way i'm treated most people are treated very well they'll pat you on the back hey good job hey did you hit that parlay today they'll give you bonuses they'll say that you're great they'll welcome you roll out the red carpet sure okay most people are not going to get to the level that I'm at, but some of you will, and, and, and that's without a doubt. Some of you will. I know that some of you are listening today. Some of you are out there. You're getting close to solving this puzzle. You're getting close to be able to handicap a game, to be able to bet a game, and to be able to make money doing this. And I'm talking, I, I'm, I'm talking to those guys because those guys are the most important guys that are the future of this business, the future of this industry from my side of the counter, okay? A lot of people say, oh, this sports betting thing is an entertainment thing. Sure, it's entertainment, but guess what? There are some of us that like to make a living doing this. That's just how it is. And the industry as it is today stifles that. And why should someone's dreams in the United States of America, if they get good enough, why should those dreams be stifled? This is a European model, which they all most of these providers like can be in William Hill and you know uh, uh, the list goes on. But all these guys just come into this country, and this is how they treat people in Europe. If you get good, they just kick your ass out. They limit you to five dollars grocery dollars a game. They limit you, and that's it. That's just part of it. And you know everyone just goes on their merry way. This is not how America is done in Las Vegas. Okay prior to William Hill coming into Las Vegas 11 years ago, the number of sports books that were regulated, that paid taxes, were able to operate at a profit. Why? Because there is talent there. Guys like Leroy's, Cal Neva, um, the, the South Point, the Westgate, uh, Mirage at one point, MGM Properties, um, Caesars at one point, although Caesars was always a little bit, you know, they were always not too tolerant of short betters. Um, Canner gaming at one point was unbelievable. Um, so there was several sports books and the list goes on even before that, even before my time. Um, there's just so many joints that would accept them. Now in Vegas Circa it is the model where they're not kicking anybody out. They're accepting all customers and they're letting customers bet. And the guy that runs the joint, Matt Metcalf, is a former professional better. And he understands it, and he un- and, and that's why you know he comes with that U.S. mentality of hey, listen, I'm able to use the sharp information to my advantage and pitch sharps against each other and able to earn. And and he has talent. He's a very talented guy, um, and and he knows how to run this business right. It's not easy, I know that, but that's what I'm hoping to see more of in this industry, more casinos and sports books like Circa, um, not like Canby. You know, it's funny, Canby. Canby, you know, uh, I was at the, a BOSA concert, uh, uh, Betting on Sports America, 
last year, 2019. And, um, and Joe Asher from William Hill was up there on a panel and, you know, in not, you know, not too political terms, you know, I kind of pretty much called him out for being a wuss and, and kicking out and lying to everybody and, and telling the world that, you know, we, we love winners and we accept all customers. And he just pretty much lied to the entire audience by saying that's all fabricated and don't believe everything you hear. When I told everybody, I told them uh, myself and my colleagues have all been kicked out, you know, and I was very nice and cordial about it. Nice political way. Would you like to, you know, do you ever plan on employing a proper risk management strategy? Very nice. You know what I mean? You know, what I wanted to say is, you know, when you get to stop being a little bitch, and uh, and start booking, but I, you know, I said it in a nice way. He then, uh, you know, of course, dodged the question, and that was that. So the next panel coming up, and I didn't know this. I don't know who's on the panels really. Um, is this guy from Camby, the CEO of Camby? I forgot his name. Some Swedish guy or whatever it was, and he walks up to me, and I look at his name tag, and it says Camby Sports CEO, and I said, Oh shit. And then he goes to me and he goes, it's the greatest thing. He goes, are you going to ask me any questions? I'm, and I look at him. I'm like, what, what, who does that? If you're going on a panel, um, do you ever walk up to an audience member and ask them, uh, are you going to ask me any questions? Like, I don't know. I'm thinking, uh, do you want to plant something? Sure, I'll help you out. You know, what are you asking? And I asked him, do you want me to ask you a question? You know, sure, I'll play along, dude. I'll help you out. Um, and he goes, no, that's okay. I just wanted to know if you're going to ask me a question. So I don't know if he was nervous or if he was, you know, just trying to maybe kind of get the question out in private <laughs> instead of maybe publicizing it. Maybe you saw what I did to Joe Asher and kind of called him out, got a little nervous. And, I, and then, so then I said, nah, but listen, I, I like to ask you, and I showed him my cell phone and screenshots. I'm like, you know, on NFL Sunday, if you can see, this is before I was kicked out. Um, or no, this is after I was kicked out, but I, I showed him a screenshot of, of several months ago. On the, on the app, I'm like, look, um, on NFL Sunday, an hour to kickoff, the max I can bet on an NFL side is 20 grocery dollars. This is not the proper way to run a sports book. I don't give a sh You could ask a thousand out of a thousand experts in this business, and if you're going to limit somebody to 20 grocery dollars on an NFL side, an hour to kickoff on Sunday, that is not the right way to do business. It's just not. I don't give a sh I could be the sharpest guy in the world. Heck, I could have a crystal ball that's not the right way to do business. Um, and um, and he just looked at me and said, yes, yes, you know what I mean? And just nodded and shit. Um, and I'm like, you know, is there any anticipation for change? You know, I, I don't know. I just, I think he just kind of, you know, and I think we had a good convo. I'm trying to remember it. I don't even know. But um, and he went on a panel, and, of course, you know, he came up to me. So I'm, after somebody comes up to me, kind of disarmed me a little bit. Um, and he says, are you going to ask? I'm not going to, you know, he had, he took the time to talk to me personally, so I'm not going to embarrass the guy or call him out. And I'm, I'm also trying to embarrass Joe Asher, although I wanted him to just admit, because if Joe Asher just admits to the world that, listen, I don't accept winning customers. I don't accept sharp players. That's all you got to do. Then nobody's going to say anything else to you, Joe. That's it. Just admit it. Okay. You're not a bookmaker. You're a dressmaker. Done. Nobody's going to give a shit. But he continues to try to toe the line, thinking we accept winners, we love winners, and all this other bullshit. If you're going to keep doing that, then guys like me are going to still keep going at you and uh, and uh, addressing the issue. Um, so that's the thing with Camby. Now, Camby, again, Camby was instrumental in me getting kicked out of DraftKings. 
Um, and they run DraftKings Lions. And I think it's unbelievable how a, a business like Camby um, is running, is the power behind some of these big sports books. Um, you know, I don't think DraftKings realizes how much money, you know, they're leaving on the table um, by having somebody like Camby. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm just being honest. Look, I, I'm, if I'm betting things, if I'm betting things a dime at a time and the line doesn't move and, you know, and, uh, and I get 20,000 on it and then I get kicked out for it, which, you know, the line was painted four, I think. And they were, I, I, I dealt, I, I laid two and a half or whatever it was. I don't even, you know, it was, it was crazy. And, um, and they just refused to move. So if somebody's falling asleep behind the wheel. Um, I don't think they wanted that action. Uh, really, because if they wanted it, um, I wouldn't have been, you know, escorted out of the building. So I don't know what's happening. I, I, I don't know, but somebody's falling asleep behind the wheel. Somebody doesn't know what they're doing in that office. Um, and, and that's a fact. And I kind of schooled them a little bit at DraftKings at resorts. You know, they started trying to move a little bit, and I kind of took them to school. And that's okay. You know, listen, you got to pay tuition. And, and, and I think that places like Canby are paying tuition and they don't even know about it because I guess there's just so many suckers out there that, you know, with these kiosks, they just keep dodging. And then, but there's a lot of money being left on the table. They're losing a lot of money because of a lack of talent. You know, when you start running lines off a data feed of a, of a sports book offshore, like a Chris or a pinnacle, and, and you're not running your own numbers and you're not charting correctly, because the thing with can is, they're a provider for several sports books. So there's a centralized chart, I guess, maybe for them, or they're just saying hell with this chart. There's no such thing as charting. We're just going to deal a market consensus line at all times, which completely defeats the art of bookmaking. It's unbelievable. You ask any bookmaker in Nevada that's an old school guy, Jimmy Vaccaro, Chris Andrews, Vinny Maiulo, uh, 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 Richie Bacilleri, and you could talk to the new guys like Matt Metcalf, and, and, and they'll all tell you how there is no way we will ever be able to run a sports book without seeing our chart, without, you know, working off our chart. Our chart guides us on what we should do. And sure, we, should, we can look at a, a, a market line. That helps. But you got to have a chart. And when you use uh, an, uh, a third-party provider like it can be or anybody else for that matter, um, you kind of lose that that charting ability, and um, that gets taken out of the equation, and then it leads to these these results um, where you're dealing crazy ass numbers. Now, there's kiosks of can be located all over the United States, um, and I know for certain, for certain, that there are professionals that are there at these kiosks or using their apps or whatever it is. And they are crushing it. They're killing it. Okay. I lasted four hours, two hours on Friday, two hours on Saturday. Um, and, there, and, and I wasn't really, you know, I just, you know, I, I did my thing. But there's guys that are, that are staying there that will last for months and months and months because they're just doing it slowly. I did it for four hours just because, again, I'm, I'm testing the waters. I didn't intend to, uh, to last too long because, listen, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I'm, I don't want to say it's past that from in my career. I'm kind of at a point right now in my career where I'm not going to just spend all day in a sports book. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
uh, I'm, I'm past that point in my career. But I kind of want to, you know, I go in there first to be able to test the waters and see what what, what the threshold is. And the, and then of course, you know, uh, you know, I have a network of of thousands of people. God, I know. I'm thinking right now, all the guys at Parks and Camby and everybody probably shaking their boots. Oh shit, he's about to send his whole army. We're not going to know who's coming in. I'm just joking. I don't have that many people, but but yeah, <laughs> you know, I just I think it's funny. Isn't it better for a sports book to let sharps in the front door instead of? seeing if they're going to sneak in the back door and worrying about that. And that's what's happening. I think, you know, and so many guys are sneaking in the back door left, right, so many pros. And and why? You know what I mean? Have a relationship with the guys. And they just refuse to do that. This is their business model. We're going to kick people out. And why is that a great business model? It's because as long as the public doesn't know the few people that we kick out, then it's okay. It doesn't really hurt our public perception. Well, that's changing right now. So I hope this video or this podcast and the video goes all over and shows how Parks Casino and Matt Cullen, Matthew Cullen, is treating their customers as VIPs. I'm was treated. This is how they treat their treat all customers as VIPs. This is how I was treated um, like a criminal. And that's a difference. You know, every time I got kicked out, William Hill, the guy says, we're going to take your action. No problem. I just sat there. It was cool. I was able to still watch the game. Not that I give a shit about watching any games. But, you know, nobody escorted me out. Golden Nugget. Joe says, no problem. You just can't play in the sportsbook. Fine. Uh, you know, and then later, DraftKings Resorts, Hal called me up, you know, and he just told me, that I'm sorry, you can't play. Everything was cordial. I'll still walk into the resorts at DraftKings right now. I'd say hi to Hal. We know that I can't play there as supervisor. I have nothing against him. But listen, it's cordial. You're being nice to me. You know, you're, you're, you're okay. No problem. You, that's the decision. I disagree with it. I think it's wrong. But that's just how it is. These guys treated me like a criminal. Okay, they escorted me out. Um, and they surrounded me. And then one guy got physical, not physical, he tried to grab the phone out of my pocket. Um, I had to slap his hand away. You know, it's like, you surround me, guys? Seriously, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm a better. Um, and I just, you know, it, it was just, it's not a feeling anybody can, can get used to or get comfortable with. And it's just, you know, it's just to be treated that way. Um, listen, I'm not trying to say, oh, Spanky, poor Spanky, or we don't, you know, you're a playing victim. Nah, listen, I'm not, I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me. This isn't a cool feeling to have. It's not cool to be treated like a criminal. It's, you know, for just betting. And, um, and that's how I was treated. So, uh, so that's that. So hopefully this is a catalyst for change and, uh, and that things wind up, you know, guys like Parks and William Hill start dwindling down. Maybe as, as they expand into these states, legislators start seeing why the hell should we have a place like this shithole that treats our citizens this way and then has to resort to the extreme measure of kicking out our citizens and instead grant licenses to sports books that are able to accept all action and to be able to have the personnel and the talent required to be able to treat everyone fairly. That's the intention. I hope that happens. Um, 
all these guys are great mouthpieces, all these CEOs and via and everything like that. It's all a bunch of bullshit. They hate winners. They, they don't like people like us. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're predators, honestly, they're predators. Um, they'll put a 1-800 gambler, uh, uh, banner on their website and they don't give a shit about problem gamblers. They'll try to pretend like they do. They'll say, oh, my God, it's so bad. They, love, they loathe with that shit. This is who they love. This is who they want, okay? Okay? Where, the op, where, the, where guys like me who are the opposite of problem gamblers, gambling is not a problem for me. It's a solution. They hate guys like us. So it's just, it just it's logical, right? If you hate gamblers that could win, you love gamblers that could win that will lose so none of this oh yeah no we care about probably I mean, it's all a bunch of bullshit and, and i see right through it and i want the world to see right through it and i'm hoping that this industry eventually changes i'm not holding my breath i'm probably this will probably be the last video because i don't think i'll ever get kicked out of a sports book again because i don't think there will be a walk-up sports book or a new one in new jersey that will be around um you know, anytime soon that, that I haven't been kicked out of already. So, um, you know, so this is probably the last time, you know, I have a video like this and I kind of wanted to, you know, accompany it with a podcast describing the, uh, the situation. Thanks everybody for listening and thanks so much for the time until next time.